1: A Netflix live event happening
0: May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: This is Beijing Bound, the countdown to the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. I'm Michael. I'm John. The
1: 50th Team GB athlete has been confirmed for Beijing 2022, with the second Olympic Games in six months just days away from the sport starting, even before the opening ceremony in some cases.
3: Elias Schmedding was the final athlete confirmed on the plane to China, long track speed skater and girlfriend of Cornelius Kirsten. Became the first long tracker picked for Team GB in 30 years.
1: Athletes will start flying to the games over the coming 10 days. 11 sports will be represented over the 17 days of action.
3: And Elia's told us she can't wait.
0: It feels a bit surreal. Like it's really a dream come true. It's always been a dream of mine to, you know, go to the Olympics and to represent Team GB. So now that it's getting so close, I'm just so excited. Yeah.
3: And you've had to wait a little bit for today's announcement. Obviously, we've seen other uh, announcements made over the past couple of weeks, but yours has been slightly delayed. So how long have you known about it?
0: I knew um, on Wednesday, so it was also quite late. And I've just you know, been so nervous, just waiting for the official selection. So when I got the news, I was officially allowed to go. I was over the moon, I was so excited.
1: Elia, tell us about what it means to be going there with your other half, Cornelius, because he's already he already got selected.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest, like, for me, it's a dream come true to go to, you know, the games anyway. But to be able to do it with Cornelius, like, we've been working, like, we've been together for years. And, you know, we set up Brew22 together, you know, to achieve this goal. So to be able to, you know, go together and share that experience, you know, it's it's
1: really cool. Now, I know we'll talk about the coffee making in a moment, no Mm -hmm. doubt. But tell us about the European Championships, because... He performed out of this world and, yeah. and and said that to us was like, I, I was really surprised and it, it made him feel so confident going to Beijing. He was
0: surprised. I'm I'm surprised he was surprised because
1: he did so well. Well, that's that's what he told us. That's what he told us. But also for you, because you set national records as well. Tell us about that championship.
0: You know, for me, it was great timing because I didn't know if I'd qualified for the Olympics or not. So I really needed something to keep my mind off, you know, the nerves if I was allowed to go or not. So I was really excited to just, you know, go out there and show everyone like I'm good enough, like I want to put down some good races and, you know, focus on something else in the games and it turned out really well for me too. Like I didn't come fourth, I came eighth. But for me like that was a really good ranking and you know I set big um some low land PV so that's sea level time. So you know at sea level you have less air resistance. So you know to skate faster times at sea level is quite hard. So yeah I set some good times and um some good rankings. So I was really happy with that.
3: Does this show that you're a pressure performer? that when it matters you can you can turn it on and and get the results get the times that you need
0: you know to be honest I always thought I wasn't I thought I'd always you know when I was younger I usually caved under pressure that you know whenever I thought something was important I actually did worse than what I do in training but over like I think the last year because I wanted to qualify for the Olympics so badly that every race actually mattered I was like you know you don't have a choice now is the time now you need to you know perform and I think that kind of clicked in my head like Okay, now just go for it. And since then, like every race that's been pretty important has gone, you know, to plan. So I'm really happy with that, actually.
3: So you've said obviously you really wanted to qualify for the Olympics, but coffee business, law student, how do you fit it all in? Does the Olympics just dominate every waking moment and everything, every decision you make is geared towards Beijing?
0: I think this year, yes. Before this, of course, it's like a goal, but... I think the year of you realize like okay now things need to really align and you need to have those like last percentages to be good to get to the level to qualify in my case anyway so I really wanted to make sure that every choice I made um, you know day-to-day stuff like my nutrition sleep you know who COVID risks that kind of stuff it really was like you know what this is a this is a real chance to go unless I now really want to you know make the most of it and you know give myself the best chances to qualify so yeah everything was kind of you know with eyes on qualifying for the games but i do think it's important to have distractions and for me that works well so i'm not constantly focused on my skating that i have distractions like you know working with brew 22 to use my brain in other ways and just completely focusing on sport because sometimes that can be a bit overwhelming and you overthink things so for me it works well this way
1: so you mentioned brew 22 Time to be honest. Whose idea was it really?
0: (laughs) I think it was really combined, to be honest. Oh,
1: come on!
0: (laughs) Well, Cornelius went to Japan. That was when I didn't skate um, Senior World Cups yet. So to be honest, he discovered the filters. He came home and was like, I found this really cool concept. You know, we tried it and then we kind of thought, okay, you know, it'd be actually really cool to you know sell to friends and family and you know to maybe earn some money that way and then we kind of got more and more enthusiastic about the idea and we were just sitting at the kitchen table just bouncing ideas off each other and then we were like okay what are we going to name it okay we're going to start a web shop okay we're going to do this and from then it's just kind of snowballed. And where does it go
1: after Beijing?
0: That's a good question. I think we're both really keen on, you know, continuing to sell the coffee, you know, what kind of, of course, it's called Brew22. So the goal Games 2022 is achieved, but I think it's a really great way to show, like, why the company started, where we came, where we've come from, and, you know, to, to grow from there. I don't. I think it would be a shame to, you know, stop now. I really want to continue to grow and see where it can take us also, you know, post-skating.
3: Obviously, the, the difficulty in, in this country with your sport is there's no tracks for you to, to train on, which is obviously why you're both based out in the Netherlands. But what, what would a young Elia or a young Cornelius be doing in Great Britain at the minute that might want to watch you? Would it be inline skating? Would it be hoverboarding? Would it be rollerblading? What kind of things do you think people could be doing now and then might want to step up and watch you in the games and think, I want to follow her?
0: You know, I think what I do firmly believe in is that if you want to, you know, reach a high level in sport, I think it's really good to have a wide base of, you know, different like skills. So I've done pretty much every sport under the sun when I was younger. And then I really decided later on, like, okay, I actually really enjoy skating the most. I'm going to continue with that. But I think there are so many sports that keep you fit and agile and all these different aspects that you use in skating that, you know, also can come from different sports. Um, Of course. I started with inline skating. So, you know, that's quite a a similar movement that you can do at home. Um, Short track speed skating is also... Lots of short track speed skaters go to long track or vice versa. So, you know, that's also a sport that, you know, combines well. But I really hope in the future that there'll be a 400 metre track one day in the UK.
3: And they'll probably have to name it after you and Cornelius, won't they? Because it's been a while
0: since we've
3: had some long track at at the Games, hasn't it?
0: I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool that we get to go there together. And, you know, because we, we met because of UK long track, because of uh, Stephen Airy setting up long track in the, for, you know, UK skaters. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool we get to achieve this together.
1: Final questions for me then. Which events are you doing, Elia? Because you did three at the Europeans.
0: Yeah, so I'm doing the 1,000 metres and the 1,500 metres.
1: Okay, Those excellent. are my
0: best distances. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be able to skate those at the Games.
1: And I've seen so many smiling pictures on Insta and Twitter over the weekend of people getting their Team GB kit. I can see you in yours. What does it mean this to is be wearing it?
0: I have so far. We're still waiting for the rest of the kit. I didn't touch it till I knew for sure that I was going. I, I put it in my wardrobe. And I was like, if I'm not going, like I just don't want to jinx it. So I left it in my wardrobe. I was like, as soon as I know that I'm officially going, I'm going to put it on, and I haven't taken it off since. To be honest.
3: You probably won't take it off now for months because that's what happens when you Olympians. You just wear the kit forevermore, don't you?
0: It just feels so special to have the rings on your chest and Team GB, I think it's so cool. So, yeah, I'm soaking up the moment for now.
1: Good luck to Elia and Cornelius on and off the ice. Now, historically, the ski and snowboard team is the last one to be confirmed and 2022 is no different with 21 British athletes on the team sheet from snowboarders like Katie Ormrod, who missed out on Korea four years ago when getting injured on the slopes the day before the opening ceremony.
3: She's one of three snowboarders. Charlotte Banks in the Snowboard Cross is a big hope for a medal in her first games for Team GB, but her third Olympics, having previously competed for France.
1: 18 skiers were confirmed in alpine, freestyle and cross-country, with two four-time Olympians, Andrew Young and Andrew Musgrave, joined by debutante James Clugnet in cross-country.
3: And Musgrave told us he's delighted to be back on board Team GB.
2: I'm not going to lie, I was fairly confident I was going to get selected, but it's always nice to get the confirmation and know you've got a spot on the team. So, yeah, definitely very nice.
3: Cross-country skiing, that's, that's not easy, is it? You work hard, don't you? I mean, you, the, of all the sports around, you chose a real tough one, didn't you? We, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely like, cross-country skiers always like to say we do the world's hardest sport. I think there's probably a few other sports that like to claim that as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a sport you've got to work hard at, but that's kind of, that's kind of the reason I like it. It's hard, uh, endurance sport, but then the rewards of doing it, I feel uh, way up for the hard work.
1: Is it fair to say, Andrew, that you've got some unfinished business? We say it's the fourth Olympics, but you've got some unfinished business with these Olympics because of of what happened in Pyeongchang and Sochi and coming so close.
2: Yeah, definitely. So my first games in twenty ten, I went and I was still a junior, so it was more a learning experience, and I wasn't a definite competitor. But by twenty eighteen, I kind had kind of established myself as a as an elite skier at the top of top of the Uh, world cup racing circuit and started off the 2018 games with a good result solid seventh place and then my best event was going to be a few days later in the 15 kilometer and then I ended up getting a bit ill during the second half of the game so the two last races the 15 and the 50 just ended up being pretty terrible for me um so I'm definitely looking to go back and make up for those uh not so good performances from 2018.
1: How frustrating is that? Because you wait literally four years for these events.
2: Yeah. So the game started off really good with the seventh place. and I knew like my favorite event was coming up a few days later. So I was, I knew my form was great and I was absolutely primed and definitely looking forward to it. And then just get a bit of a sore throat and you kind of hope that you're going to manage to do all right anyway, but just, a wee bit of a virus in the body just yeah, at such a top end just makes that little difference. And then you, it's so tight at the top of the sport that if you have a slightly off day, then you just tumble down the results list.
3: So how are you feeling going into these games? And what are the, the targets for you in terms of the events that you're going to take part in?
2: I'm fairly confident. I've had a bit of a rough start to the season, got shingles just before the season started in my eye. <laughs> and that was an absolute stress. I, my, The whole side of my face swole up for about 10 days and I couldn't see and it was horrific. But by the World Cup racing we were doing after Christmas, I was back in good form. I had a fourth place just after New Year. So form is definitely solid as how it should be or has been post-Christmas. And I know that the training I've been doing has also been aimed for peaking in February, not for in January. So I think now I'm very confident that things are on the right track. And the events I'm targeting are the same as in uh, 2018. I'm doing the longer events. So it's the 15 kilometer, the 30 kilometer, and the 50 kilometer. And the two, two I have the best chance in are definitely the two longer ones, the 30 and the 50.
3: How much training how many kilometers a week are you are you doing and what else are you doing other than obviously being out there on your skis
2: um we do we tend to count hours more than uh, kilometers we do like 25 30 hours a week training um that's just the physical stuff and then we obviously do like mobility and all sorts of other stuff on top of that but so yeah, um, it's a, a decent load we do, but that's kind of what you've got to do to be able to compete at long events like a uh, 50 kilometre.
1: Now, we know that cross-country is, is an individual event, pretty much, apart from obviously the team sprint, but with James Klugner, the debutant, and Andrew Young, you, you've kind of created this little team now.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think that's one of the reasons why we perform so well, all three of us internationally, is that we've got a dead good team Training group, we push each other, and we've we've just managed to create a really good environment on the team. and That's thank a lot down to good sport from GB Snowsport and and the coaching staff we've got. So yeah, I think it's it it's all about building a good environment so that you can push each other and you can learn from each other. And I think we've managed to do that pretty well.
1: How much do they take the Mickey that you're the old boy?
2: Uh, lots. <laughs> I'm old, old, slow and boring. <laughs>
1: Well, well, let's
3: hope not too slow when we um, get to Beijing. Um, talk to me a little bit about equipment for for those of us like me that maybe do you know one week a year in the Alps and throw ourselves down a few slopes. How how is what you're using different from what people might know that that recreationally ski, for example?
2: So, if you've ever gone downhill skiing and you've tried to ski up a hill with the downhill skis, you know it's very difficult. So we have much lighter, skinnier skis with no metal edges on them. And that makes them them really light, really maneuverable. And we've got much more flexible, lighter boots as well. So then it makes going uphill a lot easier than with downhill skis. Um, And the skis are, are very, very important. We have different skis for different conditions. And we've got a couple of wax techs with us that prepare the skis and do the do the waxing which is a very very important part of ski racing because you can have a good set of skis but if you don't have the correct wax on them that lubricates them then you'll end up miles behind and it's a bit it's a bit of a science and a bit of an art form so it's so we i kind of think of our waxes as alchemists and (laughs) trying, trying to sort out our skis and so that's a massively important part of the racing
3: So for those who perhaps are going to be getting up in the middle of the night to watch you, what would you say to them about your event and the excitement to come?
2: I would definitely say it's a good thing to tune into uh, and watch. It's the Mass Start events. There's a lot of action. You'll see people be trying to make breaks and there'll be possibly crashes that I hope they won't be involved in. Uh, Might be... And you never quite know how it's going to go. It might be a break. Somebody gets away from the group, might be a bunch sprint. So it's definitely an exciting event to watch.
1: You're part of the 21 skiers and snowboarders who've been announced for Team GB today for, by GB Snow Sport. Probably very different from 2010 when you first made your, your Olympic debut. How proud are you to be part of this, this snow trend, if you like?
2: Yeah, it's awesome just to see the progress that GB Snowsport have had the last ten years. Um, and yeah, now we've got an amazing setup, and it's it's really good to be part of that. Um, and yeah, it's going to be cool to be part of the team. And hopefully, the the whole uh, GB Snowsport team will uh, do well and uh, perform to the level we can.
3: Have you been practicing the carrying of a flag at all? Is the opening ceremony and. There's going to be a male and a female flag bearer this time, fourth games. Is that something that you'd like to do?
2: I think it's probably not going to happen because the cross-country events are a three-hour drive away from the main Beijing uh, athlete village. So uh, I think I'm going to be focused on recovering as much as possible and being in prime form for the first race, which is just not that long after the opening ceremony.
1: 50 athletes, 11 sports, one team, one goal. Good luck to all who are Beijing-bound.
3: And download our weekly Anything But Footy podcast for all the latest Olympic and Paralympic news, interviews and conversations. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts. Just search Anything But Footy.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: With the McDonald's app, you can get your favourite thing delivered to your door.